Good morning, Victory Church. How you doing? Let me hear you. Come on, let me hear you. Daylight savings time ain't got nothing on me, right? Let me hear you. Say, we just kicked the devil right in the mouth on daylight savings time. Hey, did you see that CC Winans is going to be? Come on now. I felt the Holy Ghost in me jump a little bit when I saw that name. I might have had to put a wig on and sneak in there with y'all. Um, how you doing? My name is Troy. Uh, my wife, Darla, and I get the absolute privilege to pastor this church. And if you are visiting with us today, let me say welcome. Uh, it's just such a great time to be here. It's a great time to be with family. I want to say two quick things before we get into the word. Number one, again, I want to celebrate your circles. Come on, let's give it up for our circles. Man, I continue to hear great stories. Uh, our circle is doing great, and I just continue to hear great things about what God's doing in those. And um, secondly, I want to say this real quick. Next week, uh, I have the opportunity to sit with you and, and enjoy the message. And uh, as we close out the Shift Jesus series, we're going to have Dr. Malcolm Sheeler up here preaching the word next Sunday. So it's going to be an awesome time. I cannot wait. I'm excited. Anytime Pastor Brian's preached a couple times and Darla preaches on Mother's Day, and anytime that I can just get to sit down and receive the word, I always enjoy it. And uh, I, again, you, you see Pastor Brian, myself, and Malcolm, uh, we like to call ourselves the Trinity. That's what we are. Um, I'm just kidding. And so uh, for those of you like, that's blasphemy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I'm really excited to be able to sit and hear uh, Malcolm preach. If you've never heard him communicate, he's a phenomenal communicator. And so it's just going to be a great, great time. I'm excited. And so it's going to be a good day. You ready for the word? We are, in case you're visiting, we're in a series right now called Shift. It's important that you pronounce the F. Shift Jesus. And, and when 2020 began, uh, we, 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 we made that word shift. We declared it as our word for 2020. And the concept that throughout all of our uh, special services, like at the movies and mixtape and all these different things, that we would take, you know, weeks at a time and really step back and look at Scripture and say, how can we see a shift in certain areas of our lives, like our family or our finances or our faith? And, and so these few weeks have been really focused on uh, a perspective shift in Jesus and the idea that, as, that our faith journey kind of goes with how we see Jesus. And so I said last week, if... If we have Jesus wrong, we'll never get life right, you know? And so it's important for us to have the right perspective of who Jesus is. And in the South, which is where we are, uh, a lot of us were dragged to church by our parents, and we were raised in different denominations and different beliefs. And, and uh, depending on what kind of church your parents dragged you to, there's no telling what you might have uh, what kind of perception you might have had created in you and who Jesus is. And we really want to take this series and say, hey, listen, let's just go to Scripture. Let, let's forget man-made rules and man-made denominations. and all these. Let's just go to Scripture and find out who does Jesus say he is. Because I don't know about you, but if there's anybody that I'm going to go to and find out who Jesus is, I'd like to go to Jesus, right, and find out. And in the book of John, there are seven I am statements, seven times that Jesus says, I am blank. And he kind of gives a... a, a, a a process or, or an illustration and gives out different illustrations of who he is. And so, for example, he said, I am the gate. And he said, I am the way. And he said, last week we talked about how he said, I am the great shepherd or I'm the good shepherd. And today we're going to look at another one of those I am statements and we're going to find it in John chapter 6. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to John chapter 6. Uh, if you don't have your Bibles, you can look at your phone or you can follow along with me. Uh, on the screen behind me. Paul, I skipped past those couple of verses, so you can just go ahead and throw John 6 up there for me. Um, and we're going to start John 6, verse 26, and we'll read about nine verses, and then we'll get into it and break it down. So here we go. Uh, John 6, starting at verse 26, we'll read to verse 35. Jesus answered, so 
let me go ahead and set you up for what's happened, because when we read these first few verses, it might not make a lot of sense. If you've ever heard of the story where Jesus fed 5,000, that's how people talk about it. There was a moment where Jesus was in the midst of a crowd. The crowd was actually more about 15,000, they say, because it was 5,000 men and then their women and children. So they say it was about 15,000, and Jesus had been teaching all day, and they're hungry. And the disciples come to Jesus and say, how are we going to feed them? Like, you know, there's no Chick-fil-A, it's closed, so what are we going to do? And so he gets this sack lunch from this boy, and he multiplies it, and he feeds the people. So that had just happened before we read this. So that's going to be important for these first few verses to make sense. So Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, he's talking to that crowd, you are looking for me, but not because you saw the signs that I performed, but because you ate the loaves and you had your fill. In other words, you're not looking for me because of me, you're looking for me because I fed your bellies. And so do not work for food that spoils, but instead work for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, the Son of Man being Jesus. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, hey, what must we do to do the works that God requires? And Jesus answered, I love this, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So right off the fact, he's letting you know that works-based faith isn't real. Right? It's not about works. It's about believe in the one that God has sent him, Jesus. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? And here's, here's one of the lines I want you to remember. What will you do? What, what will you do? What will be the sign? What will be the thing that you do for me that helps me understand you and believe you more? And Jesus responds like this. Our ancestors, or they respond, our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness As it is written, they said, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And they're referencing back when their ancestors were traveling in the wilderness and God brought bread from heaven for them to eat and he called it manna. Jesus then says to them, very truly, I tell you, it wasn't Moses who was giving you the bread from heaven, but it was my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And here we go. You ready? Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Every time we get together, let's have this bread. What is this bread? And Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Do me a favor. Look at the person beside you. Make sure they got, don't get too close. You know, I know coronavirus is rolling around. Don't get too close. And uh, tell them the title of my sermon. Tell them, I came for the bread. Do it again. Say, I came for the bread. How many of you are fans of carbohydrates? Anybody in here fans of carbohydrates? Um, I, I tell people all the time, I, I, could, I could really do without anything. Dairy, meat, I could do without anything except for bread. Bread is, is, is my addiction. Um, you, and you're like, yeah, we can tell. Um, but, but it's just, I'm just obsessed with it. I mean, like, I dictate my day around what bread is available. You know what I mean? Like, like, if I wake up and we don't have bread in the house, it's instant depression. Like, I will walk to Publix. It's important. Um, when we're trying to pick a restaurant, I go to the restaurant based off of what bread they have, okay? So I'm going to give you an example. You think I'm playing. I know just about every, I know where you can get the best bread, all right? I'm going to take you through it. How many you want? You want top five? You want top five places for bread? You want top five? I'm, I'm not playing any games here, all right? And, and I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you, uh, uh, what, what is it called when you're not the top five, but you're like the sixth one? Uh, you, 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 like, Honorable mention, there we go. Honorable mention, we will give it to Cracker Barrel for the biscuits, right? I mean, honorable mention to Cracker Barrel. They're homemade, it's like mama made them. So honorable mention. Let's see, let's go through top five in no specific order. Uh, let's talk about Jim and Nick's cheese muffins. Oh, can I get an amen? 
them little things come out. I'm like, I'm going to need 75 of these baskets. Just keep on bringing them. All right, I just need that and tea. I don't even need food. All right, let's see. Uh, let's talk about, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm staying in our area, okay? So don't get too crazy. I'm not bringing out beignets from New Orleans or anything. So chill out. But uh, let's talk about Red Lobster's cheese biscuits, right? You can make them on your own now. Have you seen that? That's a sin. That's a sin. You can go to Publix and get a box and make them on your own, which means you can eat them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, okay? Um, let's see. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan, but I gotta, let me get a disclaimer. I'm a big fan of O'Charlie's rolls, but Smyrna sometimes don't quite get it right. You know what I'm talking about? So uh, if you could talk to the O'Charlie's manager in Smyrna, let's step our game up, okay? There we go. Um, I don't know if you're a Hickory Falls person. To me, they have the best rolls. Y'all ever tried Hickory Falls rolls? This is free promotion right here. We should get some type of money towards us going through this. And then, uh, let's see, let me try to throw one out there. I talked about this a few, probably about a year ago, but, I mean, by far one of the best breads in the Tennessee area has got to be the biscuits at Loveless Cafe. Am I right? Right? Y'all like that? All right, so, so I don't know that I, it doesn't sound like I really, let me, let me hear, what, 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 what would y'all say? What's one that I didn't say? Out, legends, Okay. And Outback, let, let me put all these haters to shame for a second. The secret with Outback, well, maybe not Outback. Secret with Legends is not the roll. It's the cinnamon butter. Can I get a, can I, what? Texas Roadhouse brings out this roll, and then the, and then the, y'all gonna get home like, what was church about? He just talked about bread. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's too fat. He just talked about bread for like an hour and a half, right? All right, so, so I've, I've, I've made my point. Let me again just bring up what's happening in John chapter 6, because this is so crazy. They have just experienced Jesus take bread out of thin air, right, make bread out of thin air and feed 15,000 people. So they've seen that happen. And then they mention, hey, we even heard stories about our grandmas and grandpas and how Jesus or how God would grub hub food to them, right, when they're in the wilderness. And so they're all on this concept of like, this was bread and you gave them bread and you gave them bread. And here was their question. Their question was, what are you going to do for us? What's our bread going to be? Is it going to be the Red Lobster biscuits? Is it going to be the Jim and Nick muffins? What are you going to do for us? And watch this. They were trying to form their perspective of Jesus based off of what he would do. Jesus wanted them to form the perspective of him based off of who he was. And if we're not careful, we will try to form who Jesus is based off of what Jesus does, right? Based off of what he does for us. In our situation, based off what he did for our grandma or what he did for our mom or for our dad or whatever, what he did at this church or what he did in that religion. And we will try to form who Jesus is based off of what he did to the point that when we're trying to re-meet Jesus, our question to him will be, what will you do? What are you going to do? And Jesus says, don't form your perspective of me based off of what I'm doing, but form your perspective of me based off of who I am. And he says to them, I am the bread of life. And when we first hear that, we don't really get all like, ooh, hallelujah, shout me down, pastor, he's the bread. But he's saying so much in that little verse. And so I'm going to give you three things today, just real quick, that Jesus is saying when he tells them, I am the bread of life, he's saying these three things, all right? Number one, he's saying this, he is essential. When he says, I'm the bread of life, he says, I am essential to your life. In verse 35, it said it like this. Jesus declares, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. First of all, recognize the whoever. 
This is Jesus. Jesus was always so good at sliding in the fact that everybody is welcome to come to Jesus. Whoever. Doesn't matter your color, doesn't matter your, 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 your financial background, it doesn't matter where you were raised, doesn't matter who your parents were. Whoever is thirsty, if you're thirsty, come to Jesus. If you're hungry, come to Jesus. He's saying whoever wants to be fulfilled, they can have me. I am the bread of life. I'm essential to your life. Not them, not who, whoever. What about little Ray Ray? Whoever. Whoever. If they're hungry, they can be fed. If they're thirsty, they can be fulfilled. Now, when I first read this, I thought, Jesus, why would you choose an, an illustration like bread? Because I'm reading it in our culture. And in our culture, bread doesn't have a lot of value, right? Like, you know, you can get a loaf of bread for about 89 cents, depending on where you go. And it's the same thing that when you go into restaurants, bread is normally the thing that they just kind of throw on the table. It's free. You're not going to pay for it. And they kind of treat it like, hey, while you're waiting on the stuff that matters, here's something that just kind of will keep you busy until it gets here, right? So I thought that was interesting that Jesus would put himself or identify himself as bread when in our culture, bread is something that is just filling time until what matters gets there. But when you study it, you find out that in the culture of that day, bread was the main course. People would gather for feasts all the time, and the only thing they would have on the table was bread. Could you imagine somebody being like, man, come over to my house, let's have dinner. And you walk in, and there's some rolls on the table, and you're like, ooh, that little appetizer, right? And you sit down, and you're eating the rolls, and they're like, those good? And like, oh, they're great. And you're kind of looking around, seeing what's cooking in the stove, and nothing's on, Right? And you're like, hey, are we, are we going to eat dinner? I'm like, oh, that was dinner. Like, oh, that, that was? That's why all throughout the Bible, it's they gathered and broke what? Bread. Because what was on their table was bread. It was just a feast of bread. So to them, watch this. To them, when Jesus said, I am the bread of life, I am the bread from heaven, here's what Jesus was telling them. When it comes to joy, when it comes to purpose, when it comes to fulfillment, I'm the only thing on the menu. I'm it. There is nothing else. I'm not supposed to be on the side of something. I don't go nicely with something. I am the only thing. Jesus said, I am not a side dish. I'm the main course. Right? He's not an appetizer. He's not dessert. He is all of it. I used to tell people, I can't wait till the day comes where they make a peel that is a full meal of food. Sometimes I'm so busy I don't have time to eat. But if I could just put a pill in my mouth and be like, what was that? And they'd be like, that was green beans and carrots and mashed potatoes and pot roast and a brownie. Right? It'd be so great. I put it all in one pill. Jesus says, I'm all of this. I'm everything. The appetizer, Jesus. The pot loaf, or, or what is it? Pot roast, Jesus. The mashed potatoes, Jesus. Every the dessert, everything's Jesus. Jesus says it's me. They're like, well, wait a minute, what about Moses? No, 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 it ain't Moses. It's me. It's Jesus. You know, it's funny, I was thinking about this. Restaurants are starting to get a little out of hand. They're, they're, they're starting to get a little crazy in the process of trying to have everything for everybody, right? Like when I was growing up, like restaurants stuck to what they were good at. Like, you know, they kept the main thing the main thing. Like if you want a steak, you come here. If you want a burrito, you don't come here. You know what I mean? 
Like if you were to walk in and people would be like, did you order that at this restaurant? They would like shame you out of the restaurant. And now it's so, look, when I go to Cheesecake Factory, I get anxiety. They hand me a menu that's 463 pages long. And, and then they come in 15 seconds. Can I get you, sir? Like, no, I'm only in the middle of this dictionary. I'm not really sure what else I'm going to get. Like, I don't know if I want breakfast, lunch, dinner. I don't know if I want Mexican or Chinese. I don't know what I want. You got everything in here. Everything. And then what ends up happening is the more that, we, that restaurants and fast food are trying to please everybody, they get away from what really matters, right? The other day I was in Burger King. This is when the, uh, the impossible, what was it called? The Impossible Whopper or whatever. That's when it came out. And, you know, Darla's vegan, so I had to go get her one of those. And, and I'm in the line, and I see that on the menu they have tacos. I was like, that just sounds like death. <laughs> a Burger King, ta and Taco Bell's bad enough, but you're going to get it at a place called Burger King? Right? So I was like, I wonder who else is doing this. So I did some research. I don't know if you all got these pictures or not, but, but, but throw one of them up there. Okay, so watch this. This was Burger King's invention, the enormous omelet sandwich. First of all, it's like 7 million calories, okay? Second of all, who goes to Burger King and says, I want you to make me an enormous omelet and then put it on some day-old sesame seed bread and some frozen sausage, right? Nobody wants that, okay? Just stick to burgers, or if you're a breakfast guy, stick to your French toast sticks. Can I get an amen? Yes, okay. All right, next. What? Okay, now, now this was supposed to be last, and here's why. I forgot to tell you. I'm actually for this. <laughs> Some people are getting out of their way. They're doing good. This is great. They're, they're, this is awesome. Like, I, I might have this today when we leave, okay? So, so, so go ahead and go to the next picture because that's too good. All right, now, what, now this one right here, this blew my mind. You know what this is? Okay, McDonald's came out with a seafood sandwich. Throw up in my mouth. McDonald's. Seafood? That's how the coronavirus started. You know what I mean? Like, who's eating that? Do we, I think we got another one. Let's see what, the, what another one is. Okay. This is McDonald's hot wings. Why? That's perfect. That is the best, most theological comment I have heard all morning. Why? All right. First of all, how did you get fake chicken around bone? Right? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, you, like, got real bone and, like, like sewed fake chicken around it. So that's interesting. Do we have, I don't know if we have any more. I can't remember how many. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> this is Wendy's version, I believe, of a sloppy joe. Yes, you're welcome, church. You're welcome. When you leave here, go have a salad, okay? And thank Jesus that you're alive. Like, this is just, all right, you can take that off the screen. I'm done with these things. It's too nasty. So, I mean, people are just getting crazy, right? It's getting wild. But why are they doing this? Because everybody wants to meet the need of everybody. Like, what do you need? I know we're a burger place, but, hey, if you want a taco, come here too. And at some point, they have gotten away from the main thing. Listen to me. This is the message that we need today. Because in some time, in some process, religion decided that they were going to try to be everything for every person. And in the process, even though good or bad, they got away from the main thing, okay? And there comes a point, listen to me, if you know me, I, I am one of the people that is so much for creativity. I'm so much for unique ways of sharing the gospel. My goodness, we're going to preach the secular songs and movies in the fall, okay? We do all kinds of crazy stuff, short of sin, to reach those who don't know Jesus, but I will never get away from the main thing. 
okay? Look, it doesn't matter. Lights or no lights, I don't need them. Smoke or no smoke, I don't need them, okay? Him or Hillsong, it doesn't matter to me. If you, you can give me oceans, I will call upon the ocean, and I'm on my knees. You can give me tis is his sweet name, and I'm on my knees. You know what I mean? You can give me echo, or you can give me I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. I'll fly away. It doesn't matter. You give me Stephen Curtis Chapman, you give me DMX, the Christian version. I don't care. Give me Snoop Dogg's album. I can worship my Jesus because he's the main thing. But watch this. Religion has made the side dishes the main course. And people will walk into a church and they'll say, are you a missions-focused church? Yeah, the mission of the kingdom. If somebody needs something, we'll get it to them. That sounds like a mission to me. Somebody will come in and say, hey, are, are, you, are you one of them? Are you a Bible-preaching church? Like, well, is there another place to get Scripture? <laughs> it's the only place I know how to get it is from the Bible. You know what I mean? They'll be like, well, are, are you a Baptist or are you a tongue talker? You know what I mean? It's like I do whatever I feel like in that moment. I've had moments where I'll worship like this, and I've had moments where you can't quite put a hand on me because I'm moving so much. Because the main thing is the main thing. Understand what I'm saying? Listen, I'm all for side dishes. Bring me some mashed potatoes. I'd love it if they'd be loaded. You know what I'm talking about? Bring me some green beans. They need to be seasoned well. Don't bring me none of them white people stuff that's just right out of a can with no salt, no pepper, no seasoning salt. Give me something good. You know what I'm talking about? I'm all for side dishes. I want the best lights, I want the best smoke, I want the best kids ministry, I want the best parking team, I want my dream team to get breakfast in the morning, I want side dishes, but don't ever take away my main course. Because all the side dishes do, or all they ever should do, is bring the attention to that man, girl, don't make me get off the stage. Don't you? I'm so fired up right now. I'll come out this jacket. Look, I'm about to put Chris Farley, fat man in a little coat. This thing will rip straight down the middle. Don't you get me excited about my Jesus. He's the main thing. So if something that we're doing elevates the main thing, then let's do it. But if you try to replace it, you need to back up and Satan needs to get behind me. Because he is still all that I need. We don't need anything else. Nothing else. I wanted to say it like this. First of all, Jesus plus anything is religion. Jesus plus anything is religion. Let me explain. If anybody ever tells you you need Jesus and, that's religion. Well, 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 if you really want to experience the presence of God, then when you go in there, they need to be able to set the presence right. The atmosphere needs to be. You're telling me I need Jesus and atmosphere? That sounds like religion. Jesus plus anything is religion. Watch this. Jesus plus nothing is the gospel. All I need is Jesus. That's all I need. Listen, you don't need this church. You don't need my sermon. You didn't need that worship set. Those were all side dishes. Listen, all you, ever, all you really had to do was wake up this morning and go, Jesus, I need you, and you'd have been fine. 
He's all we need. But once you start to recognize who he is and that he is the bread of life, you start yearning for some more of that bread. And that's why you do the things we do. That's why we're in church, and that's why we serve, and that's why we pray, and that's why we worship. Because we have had a taste of the bread, and the bread was so good and so fulfilling, it's all I need. Right? I thought this was interesting. Uh, as Jesus says, going to John chapter 6, I think it's verse 41. As, as Jesus is saying this, watch this. At this, the Jews there begin to grumble. Why did they grumble about him? Because he said, I am the bread that came down for heaven. Jesus says, I'm essential, I'm all you need, and religion starts to grumble. Every time you highlight Jesus is all you need, religion grumbles. Every time. When Donna and I counsel people, whether it's marriage counseling or just regular counseling, my first question to them is always this, what does your quiet time look like? 99% of the time that person will go, I I don't have a quiet time. But let's talk about this. No, 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 let's not. Because if you don't have the main thing right, then everything else is affected. I can tell you how to be a great husband, but if you don't have a time with the Lord, you're never going to be able to amount to it. See what I'm saying? And so you got to be able to put him at the center. I'll put it like this. If you want an illustration. Have you ever seen somebody who walks in and says, hey, I want to get in shape. I want to lose some weight. And they'll go and talk to somebody who is an actual trainer and the first thing that trainer will tell them is this, let me check out your diet. And people are like, oh, no, 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 no. And I want to, well, where's that little thing that you hold and it shakes? That's what I want to, you know what I mean? I want to be able to lose all my weight that way. Why, why? I saw the sign in the water there that said, you can't outrun your fork. How great is that? Here's what they're saying. The main thing is what matters. But what do we do? We grumble because we'd rather have an easy way out. Then to be able to go, oh, this is the solution. So religion is my way to go around Jesus, to be able to meet what my flesh desires. Because anytime I get in the presence of Jesus, my flesh grumbles. Because it's not comfortable, right? So what I would rather do is find a way around Jesus instead of just admitting that the only one I need is Jesus. And if there's ever a moment where I will just humble myself and lay down at the feet of Jesus, I will start to see things come back together in my life. And it's funny, I don't even have to focus on said thing. I just got to focus on Jesus. I wrote it down like this. Jesus didn't come to assist us in finding the way. He is the way. He is the way. He is essential. I'm the bread of life. I'm the only thing you need. Number two, he is fresh daily. Anybody here a Jimmy John's fan? Go to Jimmy John's. They are so happy that their their subs are fresh. Subway's a liar. They say they're fresh. Jesus is fresh daily. He's talking to the disciples. The disciples are like, hey, you know, help us learn how to pray. We need to know how to pray. Jesus starts to give them some, destruct, or some instruction in Matthew 6, verses 10 11. He says, our Father in heaven. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Watch this. Give us today our daily bread. Give us today our what? Daily bread. So he's telling you twice. Anytime Jesus repeats himself, you should listen. Give us daily our daily bread. He's already telling us that it should be daily. Now he's telling, hey, make sure you take it daily. Once by mouth, daily, right? It's the medication you need, daily. Here's what Jesus was saying. Not only am I the bread you need and all you need, but you need me daily. 
Listen, if we form our perspective of Jesus off of an old church experience or off of coming to church once a month or reading a couple of Bible verses out of context, if we form our view of Jesus off of that, we will end up with the wrong taste of who he is in our mouth. We need him daily. In Memphis, there was a donut shop down the street from the church we were at. And that was like the most incredible, it was called the Donut Man. It was like the most popular donut store to go to and get donuts. And on Sunday morning, everybody from church is there because that's what church people do. They eat donuts. And so everybody was there. And I remember I would go there and I would get in line trying to get donuts for whatever we were doing. And I'm standing there one day, and they're like 50 cent a donut or something like that. And I'm standing in line. There's this long line. They were really good at getting people out. They're like Chick-fil-A of donuts. And so I'm standing in line, and I look over, and there's a shelf right here, and there's bags of donuts. And in every bag, there's 12 donuts, and they're 99 cents a bag. Okay, so I can get 12 donuts for, what is that, $6, or I can get 12 donuts for $1. And I'm like, what is the difference? Why are we standing in line for that when they've already packaged it up for us over here? You know what I mean? This is like, like HelloFresh donuts right here. Like, we're good to go. And then I read it, the sign, and realized they were day-old donuts, right? And because they weren't fresh that day, because they were older donuts, they're cheaper donuts, because there's something about them. They're going to come off a little stale. They're going to come off a little less. They're not going to quite taste so much like a fresh donut taste. So watch this. When God is saying that you need your bread daily, he's saying, I have a word for you today. I have a revelation for you today. I had something for you yesterday, and it was great. But I have something new for you today. I was there yesterday, and I'll be there tomorrow, but I'm here right now today, and the word I have for you today is the word you need for today. God will grace you tomorrow for Monday. You know what I found about God? He won't grace me on Sunday for Thursday, but he'll grace me on Thursday for Thursday. And so what I need for Sunday, I've got to get in and be able to experience for Sunday. What I need for Thursday, I have to go into the bakery on Thursday and get me some fresh bread. Let me ask you this. How many of us are fighting today's battles on last week's bread? That can't be good. Well, I don't understand why I'm going through this. I don't understand. I can't really, I can't overcome this. What's going on, Pastor? Look, you're on last month's roll trying to satisfy today's battle. Jesus said, you need me daily, fresh daily. You know, the more you're married, for those of you that are married, uh, you, you think like, man, 13 years, 14 years, 130, how many, 14, 13? The good thing is she doesn't know either, so we're good. Um, because when you're so happily married, it just feels like it's been, you remember when Rachel and, and he worked for, okay, y'all don't know, that's a Bible joke. Um, anyway, so when you're married for as long as we've been married, you start to think like, I know everything about this person. Like this person could never surprise me. They could never do anything that would make me question my love and affection and determination for this person. And then stuff happens, right? So one day, I was going to make a sandwich. And I got the bread out of the uh, cupboard or whatever, and I go and I put it on the counter, and I get me out a couple pieces of bread. And when I set the piece of bread on the plate, I noticed that there was a little mold on the side of the bread, right? We had had the bread for too long, there was a little mold. And I, I instantly went like, ah! You know, like I jumped back because... <laughs> It was nasty, and I wasn't going to eat it. And so I started to go throw it away, and I was like, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. She comes over there. She gets a butter knife out of the drawer, and she starts cutting off the mold. And I'm watching. 
I'm not sure what she's doing right now. She cuts off the crust, she takes it, she puts it in the trash can, she goes, there you go, make your sandwich. I was like, pretty sure I'm not eating that. She's like, oh, it's fine, you're fine. I said, look, how many things, she goes, I, I feed you expired stuff all the time. I'm like, wait a minute, what does that mean? She's like, the expiration date is just a suggestion. I'm like, you know, hold on, right? Like, hold on, come back for a second. Come back, bring it, reel it back in. Like, how many times have I almost died and didn't even know it, right? And she's like, well, if you don't know it, you're obviously fine. So you're good. So, so now, I'm, now I'm all questioned. Like, she didn't take my molded bread and cut off the mold and like, there you go. You can just, there you go. It's good to go. She edited my bread. The word dropped, or the Lord dropped a word in my heart this week that I want to share with you. Jesus doesn't need to be edited to be able to fit today's culture. Quit worrying that our culture won't like Jesus. He, he doesn't need to be shaped. He doesn't need to be formed. He does, well, if we could just cut this off and we could just cut that off, and then we could be like, okay, here's Jesus. Listen, he was relevant enough for the 70s. He was relevant for the 80s. He was relevant for the 90s. He was relevant for the 2000s. He was relevant for the 2010s. He'll be relevant for the 220s, the 230s, the 240s, the 50s. He'll always be relevant. He was there with the swine flu. He'll be there with the coronavirus. He is relevant for today. We don't have to edit him. We don't have to change him. Listen, he is the alpha and the omega. He was the original gangster. You know what I mean? He's the light of the world. He was the first one to be lit. I got one for you. Ready? He went from the cross to the throne. He was the ultimate glow up. You know what I'm saying? He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords, and he still is. He doesn't need to be edited. He doesn't need to be fit in a box. He doesn't need to be dressed up. He doesn't need to be changed. He just is who he is. He's all we need. He's everything we need. And if our Savior is stale or our manna has mold, it's not him, it's us. Not him, it's us. If you feel like that at any point Jesus is not relevant, when's the last time you sit down and had a conversation with him? Because when I talk to him, he's the most relevant person I've ever spoken to. Every verse in the Bible still meets me right where I am today. He can catch the woe. He can floss both his teeth and the dance depending on what culture you're in. He's everything that we need. Jesus plus nothing. The more that I get to pastor this incredible church, the more that I am around people who are new to faith. And it's funny, I don't ever have to fake Jesus. I don't ever have to talk about him in this way or that way so they'll kind of receive him better. It's just who he is. I was reading in the book of Psalms. It said, God is our refuge and strength. Watch this. In, one, in, in the 46th Psalm, it said, an ever-present help in trouble. Ever-present. That means that he is what I need today. And he is what I needed when I was 17. And he'll be what I need when I'm 39 and when I'm 64. And whether I live to see anything beyond that, he is my ever-present help. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, Jesus is enough. 
You don't need Jesus and something. Jesus is simply enough. He's all you need. I said at the beginning of this message that there were seven I am's. But scholars say that throughout the Bible there are over 700 names for Jesus. Isn't that interesting? Now, I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to. I mean, can I tell you how relevant Jesus is and how, how just, I mean, I've always said he's like a gangster with a capital G. He's amazing. Scientists say that we remember best in numbers of seven, which is why phone numbers are seven digits. So isn't it interesting that Jesus would give us seven I am's and 700 names because he wants to make sure that we can remember him in our present time of need. And so I'm praying, I'm like, God, why 700? That's so many names. Like seven was one day for every day of the week. Why 700 names? And I just felt the Spirit of God tell me this, because there's so many of y'all and you all need something different on any given day. So I can be whatever you need. So if on Sunday you need me to be the good shepherd, I'm the good shepherd. But on Monday I can be your mediator. And on Tuesday, I can be your comforter. And on Wednesday, I can be your hope. And on Thursday, I can be the prince of peace. And on Friday, I can be the author and perfecter of faith. And then on Saturday, I can be the bread of life. And then on Sunday, I can be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I can be whatever you need in whatever situation you have. Moses comes to God, and he's trying to get through Pharaoh, the thing that's in between him and his people's freedom. And he says, hey, I need to be able to tell Pharaoh who sent me, who you are. And God says, tell him I am. Just tell him I am and give him the blank. You know, hello, my name is blank. God said, go to him with I am. And then whatever you need, I am. Whatever you need. If you need me to be your comforter, I'm your comforter. If you need peace, I'm your peace. If you need help, I'm your help. If you need whatever you need, I'm there. I'm all you need. I can be rye bread. I can be pumpernickel. I can be gluten-free. I can be whatever you need. Whatever you need. He is, I, listen, you came in here today, and you know what that blank is. He is what you need. I thought about getting up here and calling out every problem you have. That wouldn't be much fun. But whatever it is for you, he is. You need him, and he's enough. So Jesus says, when he says, I am the bread of life, he says, number one, I'm essential. Number two, I'm fresh daily. Number three, he says, he is good. He is good. John 6, verse 51, he says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. For this bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. That's, that's some pretty high expectations, wouldn't you say? Whoever eats of this bread lives forever. So I figured I'd get some bread and all of us would eat it and we'll see if we'll live forever. Hidden guys, y'all are so, so stoic today. Here's my bread, you're right, Pastor. You know, if you've been coming to church here for, for any time, uh, you would say that I talk very highly about a cookie place called, that's sad. Um, but I always say how good it is. 
right? And, uh, and a few weeks ago, we had it in the lobby. For, did, did anybody get to try it that day? Anybody try it? I think Malcolm ate them all before we even got out there. Um, but I, I'm so addicted to it, I have a top 10 list in my phone. I took the time to type it up. I've even got worse five. That's pretty, pretty how addicted I am. And so feel free to counsel or pray for me. I'll take it. Um, but I, I have a top 10. And I, number one on my top 10 list is the Eggo Waffle Cookie. Have y'all heard about this? This It's like if, if, if you're ever wondering what manna is in the 20th century, it, it's, it's this. It's the waffle cookie. Um, Pastor Brian, you got that? Oh, look, Pastor Brian ran to crumble. Um, thank you, sir. Give it up for Pastor Brian in the building. Hey, hey, I always mess with, hey, stop for a second, stop for a second. I always mess with him a lot because we're best friends and we've always, but, but this church isn't where it is right now if it's not for you. You need to know that. <laughs> so, I went and got one of them waffle cookies. See it? Because it was out today. You see it? I can smell it from here. I just gained five pounds. So, what's on, so it's a waffle cookie, and it's got buttercream icing on it, right, that plays as butter, and it comes with this little cute, little cute cup of, of maple syrup. You see that? All right, so here's the question. Anybody in here never had crumble before? Raise your hand. Have you never had crumble before? All right, all right, never had crumble before. Who would say, I got to taste that cookie? Who, who, who wants to taste the, anybody want to taste the waffle cookie, right? All right, Rachel, come here, come here, come here. All right, come on, come on, come on, come on. All right, so let's, let's, let's get you ready over here. There, there's, you just have to elevate. I was joking, but that works. Okay. All right, so sit down right here. It's the waffle cookie. All right, I'm about to hook you up. Okay, let's take this off. It's very fattening, yes. They actually won't list how many calories are in it because they don't know. Okay, so here we go. Let's pour it. Oh, glory. You're the alpha. And Omega. You didn't? What'd you get up here for? <laughs> That's your fault. You got up here. I didn't tell you to. Okay. All right. So I, I have talked so big about this, right? I've talked it up big. All right. So, so be prepared because we're going to see if I'm right here. Now, do you like Echo Waffles? Don't come up here trying to be that person who's like, this is not healthy. I don't like it. Because we'll kick you out of church. Okay? You good? I'm just kidding. We won't kick you out of church. <laughs> All right. You ready? Let's try it. Everybody watch it. Let's see. Try it. Eat it. I mean, you, whatever you got to do, girl. There you go. Hey. I'm going to need way more excitement than that. No, you can, you can freak out. Okay, hold on. Here we go. Let me, let me, let me. Okay, let's break it open. All right, now look. Yeah, you didn't get the butter. So right there, now that's a bite. See, that's it's the middle, middle with the butter. Get it, get it all. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, oh what the? You can't do that. Is it good, or are you about to throw up? It's good. Anybody else be better at this? Um, let's see. I should, I should have screened my help here. Uh, let's see, let's see. Who, who? Anybody don't mind? Scout, come here for a second. I'll use you. Man, where did Rachel go? Oh. <laughs> Rach, you can go back to your seat. I'm just licking the syrup. Okay. 
All right, now Rachel's technically taking a bite of this, but nobody cares. Okay, so, you know, it's not like there's like a virus going around or anything. So, um, <laughs> all right, so you've, you've never had this, correct? Okay, all right, so just try that and see what you think. <laughs> get off my stage. Get off, get off my stage. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Listen, I understand I have a problem. That's okay. That's okay. I thought it was the best thing I'd ever tasted, okay? And um, it's so funny because I continue to hear people all the time talk about how they went to crumble, and they'll blame me for it. They'll be like, it's your fault. Now I can't stop eating crumble. And it's because I talked about how good it was, and they had to go, and they had to taste it. So I want to show you. Welcome back, Rach. She doesn't like any attention, so I've embarrassed her like crazy today. Um, so put Psalm 34, verse 8 up on the screen for us. Watch this. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. In other words, Jesus is essential. Jesus is fresh daily, but the only way that you're ever going to really know that is to experience it. And can I tell you something? If I'm right about crumble, I'm 10,000 times more right about Jesus. But there has to be a moment where you're like, hey, I want to experience what he's talking about. And it's so easy. There's really no difficult process to it. The very first step, I feel like, is, it, is just saying, Jesus, I'm here. You're here. I want to acknowledge you and I want to experience you. I don't need anything else. I just need you. Amen? So I thought we would do that for just a second. If you'll stand where you are. And then do me a favor, just close your eyes. And I'm going to ask Jeff to just lead us for a second in a time of reflection to give you an opportunity to just have a conversation between you and Jesus. To just operate and live out what the 34th Psalm says. Taste and see that he is good. He said, I am the bread of life. I'm essential. I'm everything you need, and I'm all you need. And I don't know what you've heard before. I don't know what your religious background is. I don't know what you've been taught, and I don't know what picture of Jesus you've ever received. But all I want to do is make sure that you have the right one. he is the way maker and he is the miracle worker he is the bread of life and he is the good shepherd he's everything scripture says that he is and more but sometimes we just need to experience it for ourselves